Well, um, there's lots of pictures in the Bible about what churches. Um, I can remember my, uh, when uh, my Abby was at school, getting, she got into an argument with an RE teacher because the RE teacher was saying a church must have um, a steeple, and, uh, which, which isn't a true and stained glass window must have those things and so so she was only little she's only kind of six or seven but she got into a kind of slight argument with her teacher saying no our church isn't like that we meet in this hall or that hall and uh all of that but um of course the, the bible doesn't say a great deal it doesn't in fact it doesn't say anything about stained glass windows you can light them or not light them it doesn't say anything about steeples but it doesn't say much about um style we have our own preferences, but it doesn't say, doesn't say anything about, uh, mentions the word him once or twice, but we're not quite sure. It certainly wasn't Isaac Watts when I survey, because that hadn't been written yet. So we're not quite sure what that meant in that context. It doesn't say much about liturgy or whether you wear special clothes, whether you have to get into your Sunday best, as I used to as a child, or whether I'm more relaxed. It doesn't say anything about that. That's kind of cultural, isn't it? Um, if you go to other cultures, people look magnificent on Sundays, and then you, you come here and you got me. So, um, you know, it doesn't say much about that, but the Bible does use a lot of picture language, a lot of metaphors about what church is. And um, most of them are kind of us, us words rather than me on my own words, uh, if you know what I mean. So, um, so ca- can you have a flock of sheep on your own? No. no. So the church is God's flock and another another one is um in revelation it says the church is like an eternal city can you have a city on your own no quite obviously you can't really an army of god well an army is a bit feeble with one soldier on, on his own it's a bit vulnerable it's, it's a corporate picture how about this a house made up of many stones I was sitting here in a not very interesting meeting uh, a week or so ago looking at, this, um, looking at this brickwork and kind of trying to work it all out, which is if, if things get too boring, you might like to do as an alternative this morning. But uh, you, can't, you, can't, you can't have a house of many stones. You, you've got to kind of, stones have to be joined together, don't they, to form, or these are bricks, but stones have to be joined together to make a house. And that's one of the kind of painful things about church sometimes is you get your knock rough edges knocked off so that we can kind of fit together again. They're all corporate pictures. Uh, a vine with lots of branches, but all of us joined together and joined to Jesus. Uh, another one is a God's field. You, you don't get many cornflakes if you remain one, one stalk of wheat. It just doesn't, doesn't work. You can't get a loaf of bread from that. It's, it's, it's us together to make up God's fields. There are lots of pictures like that. And the one I want to talk about today is uh, the church, Hope Church as a body. Church as a body. Uh, they're all us, us rather than individual type ones. And um, so it's a, it's a picture, isn't it? But, but actually the New Testament says the church is a body. So it's a picture of the church as a body, but actually it's also how we actually do works, how we, how we function. And uh, so lots of people, of course, walking past this morning will think, is that an organisation? Well, you don't have to be amongst us very long to know there's a few organised people, praise God, but, but, <laughs> but that is not our greatest strength. So a church has to be organised, but it's not an organisation. Uh, it, it's, not a, it's not a club. It's not even this building. We thank God for this building. It's a, it's a characterful antique box. Uh, but, that's, but that's all it is. It's just a tool. It's just somewhere where you can do things. 
Uh, but so it's not that we're in here, we use it, but it's, it's, not, it's not us, is it? It's, it's part of us, it's useful, but it's not us. Uh, the Bible actually is much more exciting than that. The church is a living organism. It's, it's a body, it's growing like a body. It's changing, it's developing, it's learning. Uh, that's the picture. So I want to read a few verses, uh, some from Ephesians, some from Romans, but we start in Ephesians 4, verse 15 where Paul is talking about growing up. Don't know how, oh dear, don't know how grown up you feel, uh, but growing up as a church. And uh, he says, instead of being infants, instead, he says in verse 15 of Ephesians 4, instead, speaking the truth in love, we grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is, who is the head even Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Well, that's just a word picture. The Apostle Paul piles up a load of words, but what he's talking about is a body growing to maturity. I don't know how it's been for you, but um, with the COVID lockdown, I come back to church and all, all the kids seem about 18 inches bigger than the last time I saw them. And it's a real, it's a real joy seeing growing maturity. Uh, some of the rest of us, you come back and think, oh, he's a bit greyer than last time I saw him. Uh, so, so, or maybe he's a bit chubbier than last time, or whatever. But, but we, a body matures, it changes all the time. And he's saying here that, that the church is like the body of Christ. That's the picture. He's the head. He's that bit, and, um, and our body, the, the, your body does what your head tells it to. You, you, you reach out to catch a ball, you, you, you do this, you do that. In fact, if, if your body stops doing what your head tells it to and starts going absent without leave, there's, there's something a bit wrong, isn't there? That, you know you're ill when, you're, when your body kind of stops doing what you want it to. And, as you age, it gets a little bit more like that, I suppose. But, but, but actually, your bot, your, the role of the head is to, to tell the body what to do. And the body does, the head, the head says, make a cake, mow the lawn, and your, and your body does it. It's all, all mysterious and we're wonderfully put together, the Bible says. Fearfully and wonderfully made, crafted together in our mother's womb with all, all the potential for life and growth. But our job, and it's the same with the church, our job is to do what our head tells us to do, to express the will and the works and the words of Jesus on earth. Jesus is ascended into heaven, his, his body, you get the picture? The head's in heaven, his body is on earth to do the will of Jesus, to express his desires, his thoughts, if you like. That, that's, what, that's what the picture is. It's quite exciting, isn't it? You thought you just, oh, I just got to go to church. Oh, oh, I didn't like this week's songs as much as last week's songs. All of that kind of thing. That's not the point at all. That's just an activity to worship, and I, I love worshipping. Our job is to do God's will on earth, to express his kingdom will on earth. We're the body, he's the head. So that, that's, uh, and what he says here, and we'll look at, is we've all got a place to find, a contribution to make, because we, we all fit into a body. And I, I don't know about you, I've only, I've got a, I've got a splinter. 
I've got a war wound now. I got a splinter. It was in my finger for a, a, about a year before I had a little bit of surgery to take this. And, and I didn't know how much I used that finger until I got a splinter in it. Does anyone else have that kind of thing? You think, until you've hit your, hit your thumb or got, got cut it or something, you don't realise how much you use the jolly thing. And then, and then you hurt a bit of the body and then you think, oh, the rest of my body seems to depend on that. I've got dicky feet at the moment. Technical term, because don't know what's wrong with them. But, but you don't realise how, how, you kind of go to do something, you think, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't do that. Feel a bit of a wally. Because you need your, your whole body to be fulfilling what it's supposed to do in order to work, don't you? And so we've all got a place to find. We, we can't operate on our own. I watched a bit of The Adams Family. I don't know if you're familiar with that film, The Adams Family the other day. And there's that little hand that scuttles around the house on its own, which I find quite amusing. But that, that, obviously that's, that doesn't work like that in reality, does it? You, ha you, you need to be part of the whole in order to work. And that's the picture here. He says, we've all got to be joined together. We, we can't go it alone. Occasionally you, you, you come across a, a believer in Jesus, a Christian, who th he thinks they can go it alone, but it's really, it's really hard work. It's like, a, it's like a coal that's fallen off the fire and grows cold. It's like a, a wildebeest that's lost the flock and he's prey to lions. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It's like, it's like the Adams family hand wandering around with no head to tell it what to do. It doesn't work. There's no, in fact, what he says here is there's no maturity without others. It's only as we're joined by what he calls every supporting ligament. You might not like to think of yourself as a ligament, but there you are. All the bodies joined together. We're all joined to one another. And without that joining together, none of us get to be mature. It's quite a thought, isn't it? You know that irritating person that sometimes comes to your small group? No one's nodding, you didn't fall for it. Okay, <laughs> but, but actually, we, we can't grow to maturity without that person. That's interesting, isn't it? Because that, that person teaches us patience and teaches us love and, and teaches us understanding. Oh, that's why they're like that and da But we all need one another. And more positively, we all need each other's strengths and abilities in order to function as a body. So that's by way of introduction. I want to look at some kind of body-stopping attitudes from Romans chapter 12. So we're just going to read three, three verses from Romans chapter 12. And they address a number of attitudes that uh, we have to address in order to, to function well and do the will of Jesus on earth. Romans 12, verse 3. Uh, before these verses, he's just talked about individual Christians, all of us. And he says, offer your bodies to, to God as your worship. So here you are as an individual Christian, you say, Jesus, you, 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 I'll give you my heart, but I don't just give you my heart, I'll give you my hands, I'll give you my whole self in response to your love. You died for me, I'm trusting you, and I'm not just trusting you to forgive me, I'm giving myself to you. So that's the individual body. And now he goes on to the whole church, and he talks about them as a body as well. And he says in verse three, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, no exceptions, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God's distributed to each of you. For just of each, as each of us has a body with many members, many bits, and these bits do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though we are many, we form one body, 
and each member belongs to all the others. So that's the pic similar picture, isn't it, of the, the body uh, needing to function. And he, he addresses a number of kind of attitudes which have probably caused trouble in this Roman church and, and can cause us difficulty as well. Uh, and the first one is pride. Don't come across it very often. He says, don't think too highly of yourself. In fact, he says, think soberly. Just occasionally you come across someone. I remember someone coming to uh, me years ago in a different context and saying, uh, God's really spoken to me about coming to serve with you. And then, and then when they arrived, they, they didn't really want to serve at all. They, they really what they wanted was a platform. And, <laughs> and, so they, they, um, so, and so they were asked to clean the creche toys and greet older people and put chairs out and do all sorts of things and it, it's amazing a couple of weeks of that and then God has spoke to him again it's amazing how God changes his mind and, um, and, and said well actually I think God wants me to go somewhere else well uh, that they, they've been well I don't know if they've been humbled or not you like to think so but that's there's no room for pride there's no room for oh, I'm the bee's knees because there's only one bee's knees, if that's the right phrase. There's only one head, there's only one Lord, and that's, that's Jesus. So there's no room for pride, but mostly, mostly we suffer from the opposite, if truth be told. And, and here's the opposite extreme is, I'm a bit useless, really. Anyone ever feel like that? I, I certainly have felt like that at times. And actually, hear this as from the Lord, you're not useless. There's no room for that attitude. He says, he says, don't think of yourself too highly, but do think of yourself with a sober assessment, with the measure of faith God's given you. There's uh, other translations say there's a distribution. God, for reasons best known to himself, has given all of us gifts and abilities, talents and skills, experience, and to go with that, a, a measure of faith. So you've got ability and a certain amount of faith to, to use that ability. A certain amount of confidence, a certain amount of, oh, okay then. And he says, so don't throw that away. You've got a God-given part to play. Think of yourself soberly. I remember on one occasion thinking, what a fantastic dancer I was. I'd been, I'd been, I'd been to a, a wedding, I think it was a wedding reception, and I thought, oh, I have got the moves. And, and, and what I realised the next morning was somebody had been filling up these glasses of wine and I, I, I'd stop thinking I wasn't drunk but I'd stop assessing my abilities soberly shall we say and so I, I really thought what, what a cool dancer am I and then in the light of day I realised no actually I, I've, I just, I'm, I'm worse than a dad dancer I'm more of a kind of sideboard dancer <laughs> I ought not to be dancing but he says no don't, don't, don't think of yourself unsoberly, don't think you're this or that, but, think of, but do think of yourself with some faith. Do think of yourself, because every single one of us who's trusted Jesus have got a contribution to make. We've all got a part to play in the body, a God-given part to play. And so the third, so that's body-stopping attitudes, being pride, thinking I'm useless. How about this? I just don't fit in. No, that's, that's a lie from the enemy. That's dis actually, if you think about it, it's disagreeing with God, isn't it? If God says, hey, you've got a part to play, and you think, oh, I don't really fit in, who's wrong? <laughs> I mean, it's got to be us, isn't it? When that's our emotions playing us up, isn't it? Or maybe even the enemy of our souls stopping us make our little contribution, which makes 
a big difference. He says in verse 5 that the many are one. In fact, he uses the phrase, we belong to all the others. Those, those voices, I don't fit in, where do they come from? Past rejections? Fear of being rejected in, in the future? Our, our, our own insecurity? I'd rather not try to fit in because I might not fit in, and so I'll, I'll protect myself by just not belonging. No, they come from the enemy who wants to isolate us. Uh, I, I have a friend called Steve, and it, one of his favourite sayings was this, it takes the whole body to be a body. I think that's, the more I, th- I used to, when he first said that, I thought, Hey, but the more I think about it over the years I've thought about it I think it's so true it takes all of us to really function as a body so there's no sense of I don't fit in at all if you think about it think about the number of contributions and gifts and abilities it takes just to be here this morning it takes get some, someone with a gift of helps and organisation to publicise things it takes some, someone with gifts to to put seats out, someone with technical knowledge to not only set up all the PA and the screen stuff, but also the technical knowledge when it goes upside down to to put it all right again and know which things to plug in. And it takes so much, doesn't it? And normally then there's people with some gifts of teaching to help teach our kids upstairs and some people with who haven't got a gift gift of anything but they want to help that's a gift in itself a gift of helps to do that takes so many different contributions and then there's the unseen contributions those who notice the person that's a bit lonely and go and talk to them those who put a hand on someone's shoulder because you've noticed they're tearful someone who brings a prophecy someone who has musical gifts there's so so much that goes on in the body of the church so let's not give way to the lie that we're the gift, (laughs) or that we've got no gifts, or that we don't fit in. How how about this one? Have you ever done this one? Oh, but I just wish I was like them. Have you ever ever done that? I've I've tried to be a number of people over the years, and uh, this is what I found. They're all taken. (laughs) Somebody else is being them. You, You can only be yourself. The truth is, God put you together in your mother's womb. He embroidered you in the secret place, Psalm 139. There's no point wishing you were anybody else. What you've got to be is the best version of you that you can be, because Jesus made you, you. Jesus died for you. He loves you. He chose you. He cares for you. So don't wish you're like anybody else. In fact, Paul goes out of his way to say we're all different. In verse 4, he says, we've got different functions. In verse 6, he says, we've got different gifts. So that time when you think, but I'm just not like the others. Well, no, you're not, because guess what? You're not supposed to be. You're supposed to be you. We're one, but we're not the same. So you too, quote there, I hope you like that. We're we're all one, but we're not the same. So what the thing to do is to have an adventure in being you and have an adventure in discovering who that makes us together. Here's a fifth one. I don't need them anyway. That's our worst moments, isn't it? Oh, who needs them? <laughs> that's, that's another lie of the enemy, isn't it? Paul says here in verse 5, we belong to the others. In, in other words, you, with your personality and your contribution, your gifts and abilities, you actually belong to someone else. Someone else needs who you are. Someone else needs your gifts and abilities. 
That person that sprung to mind, that wasn't here this morning, you think, wonder where they are. They need you to phone them up and say, oh, I missed you this morning. They, they need your encouragement. Do you see, see what he's saying? Imagine, imagine you had a knock on the door and it's the guy that brings the Amazon post, post to you, DPS or whoever it is, little lady around our way comes around, going far too fast in her Volvo, dropping off all these parcels. Imagine you open the door and she's got a parcel and she says, no, you can't, no, it's mine. You think, but it's got my name on it. It belongs, no, no, you, no, I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? You wouldn't have a postman that then doesn't, doesn't give you the post and says it's him. And that's, that's the kind of image we've got here is our gifts and abilities belong to someone else. That, that gift of encouragement you've got belongs to the others. That gift of helping out belongs to the, the others. That gift of teaching children belongs to the others. Do you see what I'm saying? All our different abilities. The others, the others, need you. It's a bit like that wartime poster. You know, that one, wherever you go in the room, it's looking at you. Your country needs you. But actually, your church needs you. You might, it might take a while to work out how and why and what, how that works out. But that's the biblical picture. So they're body-stopping attitudes. No room for pride. No, I'm useless. No, I don't fit in. No, I wish I was like them. No, I don't need them anyway. So, so what? Just as we finish, we're running out of time. Here's some things to know. I would love it if everybody went away this morning knowing, even if they don't know quite how, knowing they're a vital part of the whole. You are, because that's what the Bible says. You are a vital part of God's church. He's the head. You're part of the body if you've made him your head. If you said, Jesus, be my saviour, be my Lord, then you're part of the body. Then we've just got to work out how it works. You're a vital part of the whole. Then there's a need for some sober self-appraisal. Think soberly. But think with faith. Use the faith that God's given you. Happy to pray for you. If you're not quite sure, talk to friends. Talk to a trusted person. Say, I don't, I don't quite sure how I fit in. But, but know the truth. You, you do fit in. You're part of the body. It's a need to then say, hey, Lord, help me to fit in. Help me to step out. Help me to try a few things. Thirdly, be at ease with variety. Celebrate variety. I, I love it. I loved it last, was it last week? Can't remember what last week, when we had the spoken word. I, lo I loved that. I found it so encouraging from the mo mobile phone. It was just brilliant. Well, that's, that's not my ability. It's somebody else's ability. But rejoice in it. Vive la difference. Enjoy, enjoy each other's variety and gifting. And when you think, oh, I'm not sure about that, well, let that provoke our thinking. Expand us. Be at ease with variety. Celebrate variety. Let's encourage the grace gifts that we see in one another. Catch someone doing something right and tell them how much you enjoyed it. We're quite a lot of people quite good at catching people doing something wrong and telling them. That, no, 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 let's catch people doing something right and say, I loved it when you did this or when you did that. And let's love Jesus' church, the body of Christ. I, I know, I, uh, Facebook's a mixed blessing, isn't it? But one of the things I noticed, some of my, I've got quite a few Christian friends and some non-Christian ones as well. Some of the Christian friends are very negative about other bits of God's church. Let's, let's love the church of God in all its variety. Jesus died for the church. Jesus is building his church. 
Jesus is in his church. He's Lord of it. He's the head of it. And Jesus will one day come back for his church as well. So let's love his church. And while we live on earth, let's make our contribution. Amen? Amen. Can I just pray for us and I'll hand over to... I um, don't know who I'm handing over to. Actually. Oh, Josephine. Sorry. Lee. Sorry, I thought you said me. It's the mask. <laughs> yeah, Father, thank you that mysteriously you've chosen us. Uh, Lord, I, I'm just one of a number of funny old people here in this church, but we thank you that you've loved us. Thank you that you gave your son for us, Father. And we want to do the will of Jesus on earth. We want to play our little part. Thank you, God, that you've made it, that we need one another. We can't make it on our own. Forgive us our, sometimes our pride, but more often our writing ourselves off when you've chosen us. Thank you for the, the abilities you've given to each and every one of those in this room. We ask you that we would grow and that we would build ourselves up in love as each one of us plays our part. For the glory of Jesus. Amen. Amen.